it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 113. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to talk a little bit about something called inversion. I came across this great blog post from a gentleman named James Clear, who talks a lot about habits and developing different patterns and ways that we can think better and just work better with our minds and how we can set ourselves up to just have better processes in our lives. And he talked about inversion. So if those of you who are not familiar with inversion, inversion basically means that you take something and you turn it upside down and you look at it from a different angle or a different way. And I've talked a little bit about this in the past and Charlie Munger is a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of Charlie Munger. I was going to say he's a big fan of mine. That's so not true. Uh, I'm a big fan of Charlie Munger and the way he thinks. He's a very, very deep guy. And he talks a lot about inversion in, in his blog posts, uh, in his books, in his speeches that he gives. And he's always quoting this term, invert, always invert. And he got that from a, a mathematician named uh, Carl Jacoby. Uh, and this is a German mathematician, and he was famous for 
figuring out very, very hard problems by inverting them. And by what he meant by this was that he would take a math problem and look at the answer and try to work backwards to try to figure out how to solve the problem as opposed to looking at the problem and then moving forward, trying to figure out what the answer would be. And he felt like that that was a powerful way for him to look at the roadblocks and figure out backwards how to look at things. And this is something that I do myself when I'm trying to figure out how to work with different formulas and things that are a little bit above my pay grade, so to speak, is I will look at the answers and then try to figure out how they come to that conclusion. And that really helps me learn how things work. And you may have heard of Marcus Aurelius. He's a famous uh, Stoic philosopher, and he was famous for this as well. And his exercise, the things that he liked to do, was to always look at the negative aspects of something that could happen to you in life and then think about all the different ways that that could come about. And when he would do this, it would help him organize it in his head, A, to get over the fear of some of these possible things happening, whatever it may be, let's say losing your job or losing you know, a child or any of these other negative things. And if you look backwards from those things and figure out what could possibly go wrong for those to happen, then you could possibly work towards trying to avoid any of those things happening in the future to you. And it also helps you get overcome the fear of some of those things. Let's say maybe a more relevant term is let's say you're getting ready to ask out a girl for the first time. Instead of thinking of how scared you are, take in looking at what could possibly go wrong. The worst thing that could really happen is that she says no. And once you look at that and figure out, okay, she could say no. And how do you feel about that? And then analyzing your feelings and depending on, you know, how long you've been interested in this person, it could be, you know, it just may mildly, you know, like sting a little bit, like a, you know, a mild rejection. Or if, you know, you're like me and you pine for the girl for a long time, like I did for some girls when I was in college, then, you know, when you finally got up the courage to ask them out, it was, you know, a little bit devastating when they turned you down. But if you look through those aspects and figure out how you're going to feel about it, it helps you overcome the fear of actually doing the thing that you want to do. And when you think about investing, this is a, a fantastic way of looking at investments and thinking about not only pulling the trigger on buying a company, but also when you're doing the analysis of the company. So if you're brand new to investing, one of the, the biggest fears is I'm going to lose my money. And inversion, when we're talking about inversion, one of the biggest ways to be a great investor is to avoid losing money. And when you're thinking about investing, a great way to look at something like this is to think about something like investing in the, the latest shiny new thing, whether that could be Bitcoin or uh, it could be cryptocurrency or it could be the marijuana stocks that are all the rage lately. Any of those kinds of things that have this really shiny thing are certainly unknowns. Is there potential for great wealth in, involved in those? Of course there is, but there's also a lot of risk, a ton of risk. And some would say maybe an outsized portion of risk versus what you could gain. And when you're getting involved in something like that, Andrew and I probably would like to argue that what you're really doing is you're gambling. And when you gamble, then you have a greater size 
proportion of losing your money or risking your money. So if you go to the blackjack table in Vegas and you are not an experienced card player and you put all your money in, there's a real good chance you're going to lose all of it. And the same thing can happen when you're in investing. And so when you start to get into investing, and if you're listening to our show, one of the things your reasons why you're doing that is because you're wanting to learn more so you feel more comfortable about pulling that trigger. And when you're thinking about inversion, you're thinking about what are the possible worst things that could happen. If I've saved up all of my life savings and I put it into stock A and it goes bad and I lose all my money, that's a horrible outcome. And that's something you want to avoid. So how do you avoid that? The the way to to avoid that is looking at more time-tested, more principles and guidelines that are set not necessarily in stone, but are set up for success and looking at guys like the people we talk about, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Monish Prabhai, uh, Ray Dalio, on and on and on, Guy Spear. There's just so many people you could talk about that have been successful using the principles that Andrew and I talk about on our show. And so using those, so inverting from, you know, buying the new shiny thing because it's new and shiny and everybody's excited about it and looking at buying something a lot more mundane like Hormel or Johnson and Johnson or something like that, which is far from exciting. But those are the kinds of things that are going to make you wealth over time because of the dividends and because of the, the great company that it is that it's going to continue to grow and build earnings and all those great things that Andrew and I talk about. But those are the ways that you can use. This is a a brief way that you could use inversion to avoid losing money in the stock because one of the best ways to make money in the stock market is to not lose it because that's going to be the biggest buzzkill a for you to ever invest again and B to not continue to try to, to learn and grow from, making a mistake. And it doesn't mean that we're all not going to make mistakes. Andrew and I are going to talk a little bit about some other things here in a few minutes about mistakes that I made. And I'm going to talk about that and why I did what I did and why I got out of what I did. And those are all things that you can learn from. And I just think that this, this inversion thing is it's um, this type of thinking is a great way to look at just about anything in your life, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's investing, whether it's work-related, you know, thinking about all the things that you struggle with and trying to work backwards from the problem and figuring out what it is that could be the solution as opposed to looking at, this is the problem, this is where I want to go, how do I get there? Sometimes it's easier to look at, this is where we are, how can I get there from going backwards and, and trying to find the roadblocks that could be hanging you up or preventing you from doing that? And I know I try to do this in my work life as well. You know, beyond just what Andrew and I are doing, when I look at my day job, I look at all the problems and the struggles and the frustrations that we have in the restaurant world. And how do I work backwards from those? And it, it can help a lot. You can have some great breakthroughs and you can have a lot of great ideas that can spring from looking at things from a different point of view. You know, think about things like, you know, if you sit in the same seat every single day where you eat lunch, sit in a different spot, sit, just go to a different table, sit down at a different place. A, you may meet somebody new and B, you're going to look at things from a different aspect and a different point of view that can open up you know, so many other possibilities and, you know, our minds are, are an interesting animal, so to speak. And 
when we look at things a different way, it can certainly create different ideas and different paths and different ideas of things that we can do with our lives. And, you know, Charlie Munger, when he first turned me on to this whole inversion thing, I thought it was like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. And I really started to try to incorporate it in, in different aspects of my life. And it, and it has helped. It has worked in my investing. It has worked in my personal life. And there's just lots of different ways that you can take this. And I'd be real curious to see uh, what Andrew has to say about this after I've been babbling for the last 10 minutes or so. I'm real curious to hear about your mistakes coming up here because I remember (laughs) (laughs) we definitely highlighted some of my mistakes. I can't remember which episode that was. And I also don't remember if like how in depth we got into your mistakes. So now I feel like we're balancing the scales a little bit. So that will be fun. Um, the the thing I'll say before you you jump into those, or at least one, to your point, like looking backwards and 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 thinking of inversion can be a fantastic way. And like you said, not just for investing, but for so many different avenues in life. Uh, the be- behavioral finance guy we interviewed in episode one hundred and nine, David Keller, he talked about how basically pilots use the principle of inversion as part of their training. Uh, I mentioned in one of the other previous episodes, I believe it was episode 106 about how you can use inversion when you're at the gym with weightlifting and also how I personally have used inversion to really try to limit my losses through using the value chart indicator and through the research I did on bankruptcies. Uh, I had an interesting conversation um, a week or two ago with uh, a very successful entrepreneur um, who does business in my area. He's been doing it for decades and has seen, you know, seen business through prosperity, through a thriving economy. Also, seen business during the tough times and through the recession, the recession, and had his business survive through that. And I thought it was inspiring how he said, you know, first off, like he's got full-time employees and, and obviously ha- had a successful business and, and seems like the, it seems like from an outside perspective, like, okay, why would somebody with a lot of money think this way? But what he said was when he went to buy a house he took he he took he took an inverted look. He didn't use the word inverted, but basically what he did was he looked at okay, were my business to fail tomorrow, and if I were receiving unemployment and working some part time job, would I still be able to afford this mortgage? And that's how he really figured out how he was which house he was going to buy and ended up buying that one. So, you know, when you do that, I mean, there's there's different factors that that go along with that. You can buy real estate, buy low, sell high, just like you would with stocks. But this can be a valuable tool for really measuring risk tolerance, lining it all up um, to to help you have more chances for success. And then going to that that kind of casino metaphor, really stacking the odds in your favor. Because while we can't all we can't always predict everything that happens in the future, but you can account for a lot of things. And so you, you always hope for the best, but sometimes you want to plan for the worst. And that can be so true with the stock market. And sometimes it's not 
always black and white or or very clear and sometimes you need to understand that not every stock pick is going to work out so like dave said you're not wanting to put everything in one stock and and you see this particularly in the corporate world too where people make that i mean even worse than being under diversified they're like double under diversified where they solely buy stock in in the company that they're working at. So now we're talking about if the company goes bankrupt, not only have you lost your life savings, but you've also lost your job. So you see that in that case. So what's the logical inversion is, is you want to diversify. So that's obviously a big part of inverting and trying to limit losses. But you know, as a part of that diversification, obviously when you do make a losing stock pick, we're all going to do it if you're going to be in the stock market any any length of time. Even Warren Buffett bought stock in a company that went bankrupt. So these are the things that you want to consider. And as a business kind of turns the other direction, some of them recover and those make for fantastic value investing picks with the margin of safety and everything. But sometimes the margin of safety doesn't get closed because the business flounders so bad. And I think Dave has one that's recent and kind of stings probably a little bit still that I would like to hear about. But sometimes you just got to learn when to cut your losses. And um, there's different ways and and we all have different ideas of doing that. And I would like to hear, Dave, how how you kind of thought that through with your stock. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. 
Now I've got a new card worth more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay. Uh, So the company that we're talking about is called GameStop. And it is a company that sells video games. They do a little more than that, but that's the basis of their business. And I invested in this company about two years ago. And I bought in at around 20 some bucks a share. I don't remember specifically now. I don't own the company anymore. I did sell out of it uh, about a year ago or so, but uh, I lost my shirt. <laughs> uh, and it has gone even farther south since I got out of it. Uh, I felt like that it was incredibly undervalued. And I felt like that at the time, there was they were trying to change the course of the company obviously with the dual threat of amazon uh killing them as retail wise because people could obviously could go online and buy the the physical game from amazon just as well as gamestop there was also the uh, the double whammy of the streaming and being able to download these games either onto your console or either or playing them through a streaming service. So that obviously has done did a lot of damage to the company as well. And they were trying to pivot off of that and work more on with trying to get licenses with streaming companies and reselling of the games and things of that nature. And it just never really panned out. And it's been a bit of a darling for value investors off and on for the last few years just because it's kind of the classic undervalued company that had a really good balance sheet had a lot of good things going for it financially but the moat that it had had eroded almost completely and it was kind of uh i wouldn't say it's not titanic by any stretch of the imagination but it certainly was heading down a path that was maybe not the best. And when I got involved with a company, I thought that they had the opportunity to turn it around. And I thought that they were going to be doing those kinds of things. They still paid a fantastic dividend. Uh, the yield when I bought it was about f- over five and a half, six percent 6%. And at one point, I think it got up to almost eight or 9%. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that the, the dividend had not been cut and uh, they were actually raising the dividend because they were still generating free cash flow and they had a lot of assets that were enabling them to stay afloat. However, as the stock price continued to take a beating, then the yield went up in relation to that. So it was, it made it look more attractive than it really was. And so finally, when I decided to sell out of the company, was because I just I felt like I was seeing the the writing on the wall the the moves that they're trying to make that were going to take the company in, in another direction were not taking shape a as fast or as well as they had hoped and there just seemed to be more and more pressure on them in regards to the way that the video gaming business was 
being done by the consumer. And the more that you read, the more that there were just less and less people getting involved in the actual units themselves, that there was a lot more involvement in the streaming services. I'm not a video gamer myself, so I can't speak to that directly personally, but some of the employees that I work with, some of the other friends that I have that are more into this were telling me those things as well. And just the whole reselling of used games uh, scenario was not not coming to fruition and i just felt like i saw the writing on the wall so i got out of the company about a year ago and like i said i lost a lot uh i think i invested i can't remember the dollar amount but i lost at least two-thirds of what i invested so it was you know (laughs) not great and the other aspect of it too now if you look at the latest news of the company um, I was reading an article on Seeking Alpha and they, somebody posted some news about GameStop on there, which caught my attention. Uh, I just looked at the stock and it's now trading at uh, $4.23, I'm sorry, $4.32 uh, as of today. And it dropped off from about, geez, $10 a few days ago to now $4.00. 32 cents. So uh, it took a pummeling. And the reason why it took a pummeling is they cut their dividend. And they the management has changed since I got out of the company. They have a new CEO. They have a new CFO. Uh, the people that were in charge of the company all left voluntarily. Uh, to me, that was a sign also that, hey, the things are not going well. This is not going where we wanted to go. We're going to get out now before the ship finally sinks. And they don't really have any uh, prospects for somebody to come in and buy them out because the business model that they're in is dying a horrible death. And so they don't really have a lot of places to go with what they're doing. The new management, uh, like I said, cut the dividend completely, which uh, investors hate to see. And that killed the stock. And then they announced that they're repurchasing shares, which was typically would be a good thing because the company is so undervalued. But I think a lot of people took that negatively too, because they're using that cash to buy back shares when they could probably be trying to use it to either acquire more assets that could increase the business or do other things with it. So all those things have kind of made, you know, me, glad that I'm out of the company, but also illustrate that we make mistakes and you know all the different reasons why we buy into the company. Once they change, then we have to make a decision on why we're still in the company. And it also illustrates that my original thesis was wrong, that you know, I, I think I fell into the trap of I fell in love with the company and so I was looking for reasons to love the company more. And I guess the easiest way to say it is I started drinking the Kool-Aid and I didn't realize that some of the things that they were saying, if I had looked a little more broadly at the video gaming market, I would have seen some of these things on the horizon and would have been a lot more hesitant about investing in the stock. So that's a big reason why I got out of the company. So that's why uh, that was definitely a mistake for me. Hey, you. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. 
I, I I'm like right there with you in a way. So I bought GameStop at the beginning of 2017 at like 25, and I got out at like 18, just seven months later. Okay. Um, I, like I, I feel like I know a little bit more than the average person about the video game industry because both my brothers play video games. So I know like there's a huge shift and I'm sure people have heard of um <laughs> why did I just blank on it? My my daughter does the dances from it like at least once a week. Uh what's that game? Fortnite. Oh uh, yeah, Fortnite, yeah. So the 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 model behind Fortnite is it's an online online only game and you don't from what from what I understand you can have like a console or I think a lot, most people play it on the computer, but the the business model for them is not, they make money on the games, which is historically how GameStop has always made their money. They, they either resell the games or they give you like a dollar. If you, if you turn in an old game and they turn around and resell it for 10 bucks or they, they sell like a lot of their money was on people getting excited about a new game. And then, they would sell all these pre-orders and then deliver those. And then you could also buy the consoles and, and all the accessories with that. But for games like Fortnite and other games that kind of paved the road for Fortnite, um, it's a f- absolutely free game to play, so you don't have to pay anything for it. And then you kind of buy add-ons as you play the game to decorate your character and stuff. Um I'm pretty sure. So like it's it's a completely different business model and GameStop's not a part of that at all. And just very recently, um I want to say I, I don't know the exact timeline, but it, it hasn't been very long, but um Fortnite really took the mainstream and, and like became a part of popular culture like nothing else, like no other video game ha- ever has. And so that doesn't help GameStop either at all if they're not um, if they're not being a part of that, and if anything, the trend of online free model has continued, and there's this new game called Apex Legends that's um, kind of taking what Fortnite had and, and moving along with it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, I like how you were able to get out, it sounds like, before the dividend was cut itself. So that's good. Um, seeing the writing on the wall is good and sometimes like i can't remember where i heard or read this but basically it might have been in a book or or i might have seen it online but it's like you, you don't really know a stock until you own it yourself like something about having ownership of a stock and, and a big reason why i really push for beginners especially to buy at least one share right away because once you have a financial vested interest in a company you start to pay a lot more attention to it and it becomes very very easy to learn about the parts of the business model and i think there's even a big hedge fund guy who who does that where he he'll buy he'll see a stock he likes he'll buy like a smaller position and start to learn more and more about it and then continue adding on if he still feels bullish about why he originally felt bullish about the company and that can be like a great strategy to use too. So I guess, you know, takeaway of the story from what I got from your GameStop tragedy, <laughs> um, try to <laughs> try to keep an open eye because you did mention you drank the Kool-Aid, you kind of 
had some confirmation bias going maybe where you yep. filtered out any negative news and, and only looked at the positive and uh but it sounds like you you didn't drink it completely and you kept an open eye and once once you finally realized the 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 gravity of the situation you got out and i think you're happy you got out when you did versus possibly holding this thing all the way to zero uh being a stock that's traded under five dollars and now has the possibility of being removed from some of the major exchanges so that could bring the stock down even further and push it into like that dreaded penny stock range oh yeah so (laughs) um who knows how it's going to turn out you know you hope for shareholders and people who work there you hope that any business can can be turned around but it's really tough to say and you know i think being somebody kind of away from the situation i would agree with you and i think the dividend confirmation is just that's like the nail in the coffin in my mind and sure that the company maybe does a miracle story but i think nine times out of ten they don't and so i i i i would agree that anybody still holding on this would be a time to get out before it gets even worse mm-hmm. yep for sure <clears throat> i did have an so, idea on the inversion i wanted to kind of throw out there before we signed off okay um i i guess that it, it, it's relevant to certain personalities at least i think for me insert i'm kind of a weird cookie so it's like maybe i'm not the best example but for me it's yeah. like I have different, I have very different, very, very different risk tolerances depending on what we're talking about. So, um, for whatever reason, I've always been very risk averse when it comes to the stock market <clears throat> versus other um, activities in life where I'm very, let's say, foolish. Um, what you can do, and you can also use inversion, is if you, kind of do a self eval on yourself um you can maybe figure out that hey maybe i tend to focus on all the negative and so where having having fears and using inversion can help me overcome fears um another way you can do that is if you're always like a pessimistic person you can maybe be inverted and think of the positives like an example that popped into my head that that um TV show that you recommended to me, Dave, um, The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Oh yes, yep. which I'll admit, like I that was so slow for me, and I literally only continued watching it because you said you were watching it, so I wanted to be in there with you. And right. then I finally like got hooked, and when, once I did, there was a scene that, that I saw recently where uh, it's this like young kid, and he's now the king, and he's leading one of his first battles, and he's like. Oh, you know, this could be the hill where we die and, and thinking of all the things that go wrong. And then the guy who's like the protagonist and he's, you know, the big warrior always winning all these battles. He's like, or we could win. Right. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think you can win. apply that. You can apply that to a lot of things. So it's like if, if you're finding that maybe, you know, you fall more on the pessimistic side rather than the greedy side, well, maybe it's, a good idea for you to take the inversion and think about, Hey, I could actually win or, or I could actually find success or, you know, I could actually be the investor who has a stock that really takes off and, and becomes that, that, that big winner for me. And, and I'm not going to be the investor who always loses to the market or, 
you know, the, the person who tries to pick stocks and as a lot of people like to kind of look down on those type of investors, you know, maybe flip it and be like, maybe I can be the person who, who can keep up with the market or beat the market over a very long time period. I mentioned, I think it was last week and sometimes we get our schedules mixed up, but I mentioned how you can get really excited about dividend investing just by seeing an example and seeing some real data. And I mentioned how you can um, go on different stocks, investor relations websites, and sometimes they have a calculator on there that shows kind of how their stock has done over the years. There's another um, link that I really, really like because then you can type in any ticker and it can give you that calculation. You put in the ticker, you put in how much, let's say I invested 10,000 and then you put in, let's say I invested 10,000 on this date and how much would it be worth today? And Dave, I talked to you about this. So Dave's going to put this in the show notes so you can use that link for yourself. And I'm not going to try to read it because it's kind of long and it'd be impossible to remember, but you can go on the investingforbeginners.com and, and look for IFB, what what episodes this? 113. You can put that in the search bar and you should get the show notes on there where you can find the link to this tool. Um, So I used it for some some big names, right? Coca-Cola, one that Buffett bought way, way back. And and it's been one of his best stock picks. I, I saw a stat very recently where Buffett's getting over $500 million per year in dividends from his investment in Coca-Cola that he made in the 80s slash 90s. So kind of crazy, right? So I put in, let's say you put $10,000 into Coca-Cola, that was it. And you bought it 40 years from today, like 40 years back. So that'd be 1979. (coughs) Excuse me. So that $10,000 with reinvested dividends, that's key because um, it's the reinvesting dividends and picking up the extra shares that really provides such a big portion of return, especially as you zoom out over a very, very big time period and talk about a very, very big return. $10,000 would become $20 million for an average annual return of 20, almost 21%. Uh, I put in a couple other tickers in there, just like big kind of household names that would have been great investments. Um, decades ago. You put in Procter & Gamble, ticker symbol PG, $10,000 would become $24 million at a 21.5% annual return. And I wanted to say one more, Walmart, $10,000 put in 1979 today would be $26,444,000 for an annual return of over 21%. So, you know, are are these names that are you know, big names that you would have had to, were they big tech names? Um, No. Were they names that only, only, you know, top secret investors would have known? No. I think a lot of people would see Walmart stores or drink Coca-Cola products or have Procter and Gamble products in, in their bathroom. Look at, look at um, some of the, the bathroom products you use and, the brand might be one thing, but it might say owned by Procter and Gamble on the label. Just you know, bet, try it, check it out. So that's the exciting thing that can happen. And and I'm talking about a one-time investment. You know, maybe it's not ten thousand dollars. Maybe it's let me let me put it in um, 
the calculator, right? Maybe it's $150 and we look at that 40-year time period. Even something small like $150, that turns into 34000 Well, I'm sorry, $394,000 if it's compounding at 21% a year. So that's why I say you don't need every stock pick to be a winner. You could have just one that you know, blows everything out of the water and gives you not maybe $500 million in dividends every year, but maybe it's, I don't know, $1,000 in dividends every year. Maybe it's 10000 Maybe it's 100000 Maybe it funds your retirement, right? So just if, if you're the, of the type of personality who's very risk averse to the point where maybe you don't get excited enough to, to really want to risk money in the stock market, well, maybe use the inversion principle to kind of flip that on its head and and learn more about dividend investing, learn more about why Andrew gets so crazy about dividend reinvestment and, and do some of these exercises um, for yourself. And maybe if you are like, you kind of know, hey, I get really excited with these stocks. Um, I'm always thinking that I'm going to double my money in, in a week, or I'm always kind of really uh have this exhilarating feeling when I'm buying these stocks and maybe you fall more on the greed side, uh, it could be very beneficial for you to rein things back and, and invert and think, well, maybe I should have some better risk management. So I think there's so many different ways you can use inversion as a powerful tool. I think it becomes one of those principles kind of similar to um, the tortoise and the hare, be very patient, where it's just like, smart wisdom that's been passed down through the generations. I think it's clear when when you talk about some of the big names Dave talked about, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, um, that mathematician guy. These are things this is a principle that's really that's really survived through generations as well. And so there's a lot that we can learn from it and apply and use it to get real results in our life. And so I think it's it's worth really learning and understanding and trying to implement in our own lives. Well said. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion on inversion today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and you picked a thing or two out there that could help you with your life as well as your investing. I will go ahead and put all the links that we talked about today in the show notes to the article, to the calculators that Andrew was talking about, as well as some of the past podcast that we referenced as well so without any further ado you guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety emphasis on the safety have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week we hope you enjoyed this content seven steps to understanding the stock market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real life examples get access today at stockmarketpdf.com Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 